Hello and welcome to the ninth, 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 ninth episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I am Audrey and I am Cher, and we are once again back with our old mic, where it looks like we are screaming as loud as we can, <laughs> and it also looks like a flaccid mic. So yeah. anyway. Um, you know, Pink Polo's not here today. Is he ever coming back? No, I think he might be a weekend shift guy. Is that when we saw him? Well, the first time we saw him was on a weekend shift, and then the second time that we saw him was on an evening shift. But he was like, I don't know, at first we didn't see him. I'm also now a new fan of Little Red Head... Little Red Henley. <laughs> Little Red Henley was the best. Like, we were one minute late... The dream team. One minute late to turn in our, um our microphone and he acted like it was like his fault it was it was our fault although I will say like wow like you guys are really rushing to get out the door like it's like your computer shut down at least a minute before it should be yeah. Jillardin take note <laughs> um we are not dealing with the top brass today I will say she's new so she's it's a little new. unfair but um she did so when we leave these rooms um they lock behind you and like I mean, a like, prison. It's not our first rodeo, so we know that. But she, I mean, she was being nice to remind us. But Sharon and I were like, <laughs> we know. This is our ninth episode. Thanks. Yeah. However, it is not the ninth time we've been in this room because sometimes we double record. That's true. Not today though. Today's a single recorder, so yeah. don't worry. Less we will, stressful. <laughs> we will return our microphone on time. Yeah. Don't worry to the the slender man and the new lady up in the front. I liked that competent slender man though. He was. Yeah. He was helpful without being condescending to the new girl, which I thought. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was just like, yeah. That's how people should be. Exactly. It can be hard I like to train sweater too. What? He had a nice oh, me sweater. Too. Yeah, he looked he looked nice. Yeah, I like my sweater today. <laughs> Not yes, to I, my, I, I, I feel too. like I feel like the heroine of like a nice cozy romantic comedy set in the winter months. Yeah, you look like right that. now. Like I could be like a like a Kate Winslet in the holiday. Yeah, um, which is a dream. Yeah, I think, th- I think that's exactly. Can what Can we you agree? Look like. You've seen the holiday, yes? No. What? <laughs> Audrey, you got to remember, like, <laughs> what? what do what do I do in my spare time? That's true. You're I listen not, to true crime podcasts true. <laughs> and watch creepy documentaries. I'm not even sure. Like that now, thinking about it, I don't even know. Like, do you like romantic comedies? I don't think you no. do. You don't. I mean, it depends. That's like, so there are some classic ones that like I like. Which ones? <laughs> like, I I like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Okay, fair. Um. I don't know. What are some other classic ones? Okay, so you've got you've got your Nora Ephron trifecta, um, when Harry met Sally. Never seen it. In Seattle. Never seen it. You've got mail. Never seen it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. You've got your Nancy Myers classics, um, The Holiday. Never seen Something's it. Something's Gotta Give. Um, uh, I might have seen that. <laughs> the Diane Keaton Is, Jack Nicholson movie. Yes, I have <laughs> seen that. I did not like it. It's complicated. Oh, maybe um, who's in that? Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin. Oh, I can't, I think I mixed up the, those two. I've seen okay. that one. You didn't like it? Oh, God. it's like old people. I don't know. <laughs> I, okay, I don't the know. plot of the holiday is um, <laughs> spoilers. Two women. Um, everyone's seen it. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> so the plot of the holiday is um, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz are two women who are experiencing some relationship turmoil. So they decide to switch houses. Kate Winslet lives in England. Cameron Diaz is like a very successful businesswoman in LA and they swap homes. And Cameron Diaz falls in love with Jude Law 
And Kate mm. Winslet falls in love with, I know this is going to sound weird, but it's great, Jack Black. Okay. And, like, I the holiday, the holiday um, pulls off the amazing feat of me sitting in, like, in, in any kind of movie watching experience going, yeah, I'd date Jack Black for sure. Maybe That's even, a miracle. Maybe even over Jude Law because there's a scene because mm. he's, like, a movie composer and he, like, uh. writes a little song for Kate Winslet's character and he says to her, I used only the good notes, which, like, all right. Ugh, Don't make that I'm face sorry. at me. It's so sweet. Okay, I just thought of a couple of other ones that I've seen. <laughs> I've seen Fifty First Dates. Okay, with, um, that's a low Drew one Barrymore. on my on my faves. <laughs> Adam Sandler is the worst. Um, I hate him so much, but I love Drew Barrymore. I hate Adam Sandler mostly because when I was in the sixth grade, every boy in my class thought that Adam Sandler impressions were like the height of comedy. Yeah. And so even, like, so by the time I even saw, I think it was, like, is Billy Madison the one where he's, like... That's when he goes back to school. Yeah, I saw that I've one. I've seen that I dumb comedy. I fucking hated it. I yeah. was, like, this is the worst. He's disrespectful and stupid. And he doesn't deserve another shot yeah. at kindergarten. Have you seen Sweet Home Alabama with Reese Witherspoon? I don't oh. think so. Oh, no. Um... It's, I guess, like, it makes sense that you and I have never talked about this, because I think if I'd known this about you up front, I would have been suspicious of you. Um, I've seen music and lyrics with um, Hugh Grant and You've Drew Barrymore. You've seen so many obscure ones. Yeah. I like music and lyrics. I mean, have you seen Love Actually? Mm, yes. Okay. I have. But, like, okay. a long time ago. Like, okay. it's not something that I've seen recently. You're about to see, um, the holidays are approaching, so you're about to see a lot of articles of, like, yeah. why you shouldn't actually like it. And I understand some of the points that they make, but I still like it because any movie where Hugh Grant dances is one I'm going to enjoy. Also, Rick Grimes is in it. He's the one who holds the signs. I know, but, like, again, (laughs) me and you don't have the same feelings about him. I love Rick Grimes. I know you do. I am a Daryl girl. I mean, I love Daryl. Right, but, like, I don't, like, I don't care at all about Rick. Like, I only care about Daryl. I... I admire Rick's leadership skills. I think he's bossy. He is I bossy. Wish, I wish that Daryl would leave. But he's a take. Like, I feel like in the zombie apocalypse, we've crossed over to talking about The Walking Dead, which is an obvious segue from romantic comedies. Um, but I feel like Rick, like, I like it at the end of season two when he's like, you know what? Like, we're done with all this voting stuff. Like, I'm just going to take charge. And that's the way it's going to be. And then Carol yeah, do is you like, want, I, I don't mean, think I, he can keep us alive. I know. I love Carol. Again, like, I just wish a woman was leading them. They would be better off. Yeah. I mean, there, there are going to be some women that are taking some leadership roles soon. M- Melisande. Is that her name? How Michonne. I think you started saying the name, the red woman's <laughs> name in Game of Thrones. Her name is Michonne. Michonne. That's it? Yes. Okay, it seemed longer and harder to say <laughs> earlier when I watched it. I love Michonne. Okay, well, like, I want her to rule. Well, like, I think she's very much, she becomes, like, a very equal partner. Because, like, Rick goes through phases of, like, yeah, he, like, bullies being, her, and it's unfair. Okay, well, what like, season are you on? Is it, like, right where she, like, brings the formula to them and he's mean to her? I don't think I've even gotten there. I'm at the part where, like, they just um, rescued Glenn and the girl from the weird, creepy utopian camp. Oh, from the governor? Yeah, and now um, Daryl's brother has just joined their troop. Which, like, bad news, probably. No, they don't like it. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, so you haven't gotten... Okay. But, like, basically they just are, like, 
very suspicious of her. And I'm like, you know what? She's done nothing to make you suspicious. She's yeah. been great. They're suspicious. Well, they just, wait, what's Lori's status right now? Dead. Dead. Okay, I thought so. Well, like, they just, they tried to trust those prisoners and they betrayed them. So they're not really yeah, in the but, trusting but one of the mood. one of them didn't the like dumb one yeah, who liked, recently yeah. died. There there were two I think that didn't betray them. But there yeah. was one who did, and they both died like pretty immediately yeah. they, because the the audience didn't like them that right, much because right. they weren't exactly. OGs. Yeah. <laughs> they had to kill someone, and it couldn't be a main. <laughs> yeah, they've killed too many mains yeah, exactly. recently. <laughs> Thank God though that Carol made it through because. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> but are you? You're not really a movie person, are you? I feel like I've known this. I mean, I like movies sometimes, but, like, I think I'd almost always rather watch TV. Okay. Like, I have to be, like, in a very specific mood. Like, I could watch four episodes of a TV show. Mm-hmm. I get Easier I get that. than I could watch one movie. Like, it just feels like a big commitment. Yes. I understand that. Um, m- my uncle will only watch movies on the weekends because he feels like the week the weekday is not like an appropriate day for a movie. Like he can only get himself into oh, that yeah. mind space. Oh yeah. I would space. agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny too because like I could watch 3 TV shows exactly. a night on a yes. weeknight. But yeah. No, I think I agree with that. But but honestly like the last movie I watched was Rosemary's Baby. So like that's where I'm at. <laughs> the last movie I watched It wasn't on Halloween either. It was just a normal day. I think the last Brennan movie was I watched out of town. Spotlight. That's a great movie. It's great. And I love before that. that, I th- saw Thor Ragnarok in theaters Ugh. this weekend. Oh my god, I loved it. It was very funny. Oh, I just saw um, Mor- Murder on the Orient Express this weekend. Oh, did you like it? I heard it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. I heard it was kind of a, like, you could wait to see it. Yes. Okay. I mean, I think it's, like, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Like, I would recommend That's it. Nice. My whole family hated it, mostly because I was so excited about seeing it and was like, <laughs> we all, like, like we're going to the theater. I mean, we, like, we're all going to see it. We're going to love it. And my sisters, I think, to spite me, were like, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, no, it was not. I had a situation like that where, for some reason, when I was younger, I insisted that we go see the, the movie Bicentennial Man. <laughs> I Which is a really sad movie, it's right? It's awful. It's really sad, though, it's right? It's really depressing. I don't know what I thought. I but I thought I saw it. Is I Robin think, Williams in that? Yes, he plays the Robin Bicentennial Williams Man. Robin Williams is always sad. Yeah. Every movie he's in, it's like has like weird impressions that are supposed to be funny, but ultimately it's really effing sad. I think... Mrs. Doubtfire, Flubber, <laughs> Patch Adams. I've I have seen not all seen of the Patch Robin Williams <laughs> movies, clearly. I've never seen a romantic comedy, but every Robin Williams movie I have seen. Well, I think, like, I like I knew Robin Williams as, like, a comedian. And so, to me, I, th- I think I was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to be developing, like, a more sophisticated taste in movies. Like, I'm going to mm. be watching movies like a grown-up. Yeah. And so, like, Bicentennial Man seemed to me, like, that, that transition. And yeah. my whole family was like, oh, my God, this is the worst movie. <laughs> It was the longest. It wasn't funny. Like, oh, so bad. I don't know that I've seen that one. I mean, I like maybe I saw it as a kid and just remember it being like very sad. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just a huge bummer and it's not good at all. You know, a movie is really good is mm-hmm. Mrs. Doubtfire. I love Mrs. Doubtfire. We watched that um, during my sister's graduation weekend. Like. Like everyone was just tired, and that movie was on, and I was sobbing. Like <laughs> As you it is an be. excellent movie, it's and so like sweet, and it's also like realistic. Could be as like families break up, mm-hmm. and like. It's like I think as a child I was under the impression that like they were gonna get back together. Oh, totally. They are not. Like she's no. marrying like James Bond Pierce and Brosnan. Yeah. Yeah. 
who like doesn't like kids, and so like that makes him a villain. Yeah. <laughs> he's Even like an he, interloper. Like, he, like, it's like <laughs> me with it's like me with dogs, I guess. Though, like, I, like it's like I like dogs that I know, but I don't like dogs in general. Sure. Which is, I think, how he is about kids. But like, then we're like supposed to villainize him because of it. Yeah. Well, and he's also not Robin Williams. Like, yeah. here, Robin Williams is like. Literally... But Robin Williams is also a horrible, like, yeah. irresponsible husband. Which is, I like that he has to hear that from Miss Sally Fields. I know. Where she's like, you know, he made me the bad guy, and that was really uncool. I know. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a well done movie that could easily have been just so absurd. I know. Also, like, I love myself a good makeover scene. Yeah. It's very fun. Yeah. That's a great movie. So I guess, like, yeah, I don't like uh, your classic romantic comedies, but I like a good family film. Okay. Interesting. All right. Learning more. Anyway. I don't know. I'm sure I've seen more romantic comedies than I'm letting on, but... And the thing is, is, like, I don't even want to force you to watch them because... I will not like them. Well, that would be my fear, is that... They, like, especially, like, You've Got Mail and, like, When Harry Met Sally, those two movies, like, mean so much to me that I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't force them upon someone who didn't know if they liked the genre. Because mm. I feel like it's, like, if the romantic comedy genre doesn't work for you, it's, like, none of the movies are going to, you're going to be, like, this is stupid. The and Proposal, redi- that's another one. I hate that movie. <laughs> I like that all of them. Which, there, I'm sure there are probably people screaming, like, how do you... I just don't like it. I don't think it's a good... I guess, like, I just related to Sandra Bullock as, like, a powerful woman yeah. in publishing. I, like... Not maybe I, I need am, to see it again. I aspire to her. Because I think when... By the time I saw it, it was, like, that classic syndrome of... I'd been hearing for, like, months and months, like, it's the best. Who was saying that? I don't know. Like, there's so many people of really strong feelings about the proposal being a great... And I think it's just because it's the only decent romantic comedy that's come out in the past, like, however long. Mm. Because now studios seem to think, like, romantic comedies, it's like, oh, let's just, like, put two hot people together and, like, Uh, that'll be fine. um, What was that one with... Kirsten Dunst and Orlando Bloom in it. <gasps> Elizabeth Town. I saw that one. Okay. Elizabeth Town it's is kind of sad. It is, but it comes in a canon um, of Cameron Crowe movies. Okay. Who I really like. Cameron Crowe directed Almost Famous. I've seen that. We Bought a Zoo. Did not see that. It's better than it sounds. I, I, isn't it based on a book? I don't know. I think it's it's based on like a true story where this family, like in the, I think in the real story, the wife doesn't die. But in the movie, like, the it may wife have dies. the wife dies, yeah. Well, it gives it emotional Classic, classic Disney. Kill the mom off. Yeah, so they'll <laughs> make it complicated. <laughs> It'll make it good. Um, and they buy a zoo, and it's just like... Who's in that? Matt Damon and Scarlett oh. Johansson. Hmm. But it, it's like... It's, it's a movie that doesn't have a right... It doesn't need to be good, but it is. Like, it's got, like, really great emotional moments. Like, the little kid. Like, the little kids are really cute and sweet, and... Like an angsty teen that's like done well and isn't annoying. Hmm. So good stuff. All right. Camera Crow also directed Say Anything with John Cusack. It's an eighties movie. No. Oh. The boombox over the head. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, n- I've <laughs> never never seen it, but I know the reference. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You know what? Ask me about crime documentaries that's and fair. I will talk your ear <laughs> off, but I just I don't know. I just don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I also have a really strong connection to them because my best friend and I used to sit in her basement, Mo and I, we would, and we would watch like romantic comedies and like Dawson's Creek and we would just yell at the television like, this isn't real. Boys aren't really like this. <laughs> it's, they're not. No, they're not. I mean, I guess like my thing like that would have been Grey's Anatomy. I was like very into Grey's Anatomy in okay. high school, which okay. is like. I was also quite into Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, but I guess it's not, it's not, it's funny sometimes. But I guess yeah. that was sort of my, like, idealization, like, or my ideal relationships were all on that show. Oof. I know, horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible model. My mom was like, I should never let you watch that because it set you up for failure for so many times. Because <laughs> I would go for the Alex's. Oh. Alex is like that, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I guess I do know that about you because, like, your favorite character in any TV show is, like, the most broken one. <laughs> the most which broken. Which is arguably also my favorite in every... <laughs> well, but, like, also, like, Alex, though, it, like, has a sweet side. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, he, like, really is the sweetest and nicest. Like, he's much better of a person than Derek. Let's be honest. Oh, are you a Derek fan? I don't know. I oh. was, I was, okay, can I admit that I was a Derek and Addison shipper? Okay, I feel I like. wanted them to stay together, I think because I like, I was like, I think a divorce is just a really big consequence. Yeah. And I feel like they, I didn't like that maybe their marriage would be breaking up. I, I also really like Addison, too. Like, I mean, I, I liked loved her as Addison. a person. Like, I thought she was fun, which is, I think, why it was a good show, because it's like, you know, Meredith's the star, so, like, you want to mm-hmm. root for her, but then you have this other character who's, like, actually, like, she's pretty great. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, Derek really is the one who sucks. I was always a... I was I was partial to the McSteamy. Oh, ugh, no, thank you, please. <laughs> no. I mean, like, I thought he was a fun character, but, like, in terms of me being attracted to him, all Alex. Really? Yes. Intrigue. Also, I will say, like, in my early days, I was a George fan. Oh, I know. No. <laughs> I know. So. George is, like, a different kind of broken where he's, like, a kicked puppy. Right. But I think, like, I also which was, I'm like, not George would for. be the best boyfriend. Although he ends up cheating on his wife, so, like, Yeah, knows? which is my least favorite storyline in that whole show. Yeah, that sucked. Apart from, you know, all the weird deaths. That's why I had to check out of Grey's Anatomy, ultimately, because I just felt like... So I'm still watching it. So much shit has happened to these people that, like, they would have just severe psychological issues, and, like, it's just never... I know. Well, they the, just bounce right back. But yeah. I do love the um, Christina and Meredith dynamic. Yes, I was just about They're to like say. The most, impor- the most important mm-hmm. relationship on the show is Christina Obviously. and Meredith. Yes. And I feel like... I don't, it, like, I feel like... You didn't get to the part where, you, uh, am I going to spoil stuff? For you? I don't care. Okay. So you know Derek dies. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, it was, <laughs> no, it was, I didn't it know. It was all over Facebook. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not spoiling stuff for people. Also, but, it happened two years ago. You don't get to get mad about that. <laughs> um, but so, basically, the way they play that is like ultimately like the relationship that mattered the most mm-hmm. is the Christina and Meredith relationship, which like is pretty awesome. Well. I, I do remember that because I remember reading articles about it um, and that, like, Shonda Rhimes had said, like, I kind of bristled at the idea that so many people didn't, like, didn't understand how Meredith or the show would go on without McDreamy, whereas she more had that moment when Christina left. Yeah. But I also felt like that was kind of a shitty response to the fans because it's like you ask them to care about this relationship between these two people like between Meredith and Derek 
for so long and then you're almost like getting mad at them for being upset that a care like well, like I feel like it's a credit to both Patrick Dempsey and Deshonda Rhimes that they created this character that was so beloved. But and I think like also, also it's your husband. But I think also there was and some Christina bad. didn't die, so everybody was like, yeah, Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. she'll come back. So it's not a real departure. I've seen stuff on Facebook that potentially she is coming back. I heard um what's her face? Catherine Heigl is like for sure coming back. Oh, yikes, city. <laughs> she I thought she died of cancer. Like, no, she ago. didn't die. She just like ran away mysteriously. Mm, I like talk about my least favorite character. <laughs> um Oh god. I, yeah. Mm. See, I usually associate myself with the Mer- as a Meredith, but I think in our dynamic, I would be a Christina. I'm the Meredith. And you'd be Meredith. Well, the dark and twisty suicidal one? Okay, I'm just talking if we're just doing the two of them that's fair. as, like, a female best friend duo. That's Yeah, that's maybe true. But, like, I mean, I could give you a different character if you would prefer. I'd rather the- be Addison, please. <laughs> I don't think you're an Addison. I don't think I'm any of those monsters. Maybe Alexi Gray. I could be Alexi. I would take that because actually, like for a while, I was only watching the show because I wanted Lexi and McSteamy to be together. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I get that. My my younger sister, uh, Mary Kate, is a really big Lexi fan. Yeah. That and she makes like sense. she like which who she calls Little Gray. I'm like <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, just just back on the Derek situation though. <laughs> the thing that sucked about it was that. At the time that they killed him off, like, he had, like, almost cheated on Meredith. Like, yeah. he had kissed another woman, and then, like, basically, like, they, like, have him run over by a car. Yeah. And, but, like, it also was Patrick Dempsey's fault, because he, like, he was the one who elected to leave the show to do some dumb movie. I heard he didn't leave. He When they fa- when he found out he was being killed off, he was kind of like, what? No, I thought that he said he was doing some dumb movie, and so Shonda Rhimes was like, F you, I'm going to hit you with a car. <laughs> I'm not sure. We should Wikipedia this. Yeah, I'm not sure 100%, but I feel like I remember hearing from an interview with him or something that he wasn't, it wasn't fully his decision to leave. Well, I'm not that sad that he left. I don't know. Derek to me always, it felt like, like he took a lot of credit for stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, like when him and Meredith did the clinical trial together, he like wouldn't give her enough credit, even though she basically like solved the whole damn thing and is smarter and better than him. Didn't she end up ruining it though? No. I thought there there was one clinical trial she ruined because she, like, ruined the double-blind testing. Yeah, but she ended up finding the cure, though. Hmm. Like, I think she found, like, because like, she ruined the double-blind testing, so... No, I, I think she fixed it. Because I know there's, like, something on their wall to, like, symbolize it, and they, like... That was the, um, that was the tumor that he figured out how to get out. Like, it was, like, a tumor that was, like, wrapped around someone's spine. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel like Meredith did not in my revisionist history, Meredith did not ruin anything and Derek didn't give her enough credit ever. I just like going back to the Meredith Christina dynamic. There's a scene where April Kempner is oh. the is the um the like head resident or something and she's trying to like boss around Meredith and Christina and they just laugh at her. <laughs> Which I just thought was like a really great power move and found that enjoyable yeah no i i like that too like i feel like there were certain people in our grad program like if they had tried to tell us what to do we would have laughed at them there are certain that is certainly (laughs) true (sighs) 
Oh, geez. So should we talk about the picture of Dorian Gray? Yeah, so we read a book this week. <laughs> we didn't just watch we finished a lot of up. old TV. <laughs> we finished up the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? I like it. I will say I, I have kind of a um, – I have the same feeling about Wuthering Heights that I do about this book, where I like the first half of it a lot, okay. and then the second half, not as much. I okay. still like it, and I really love how this book ends – that's a little how I feel about the bell jar, too, to be honest. Yes, I think so, too. Well, I think this book has the best ending in terms of, like, the last page. Yeah. Out of all of the books we've read so far, it's definitely been my favorite ending. Yeah. Um, But just, like, the second half, to me, just until, like, the last, like, maybe 20 pages, I didn't find as interesting as the first half. Mostly because it's just a lot of Dorian listing all the shit that he bought. There's that, And I yeah. just, I was... Like, full disclosure, pretty much skimming those parts because I did not care. Yeah. There's a whole chapter, and it's a long chapter, too, that literally is just the stuff that he bought. Which, Oscar Wilde. (laughs) Boring. Yeah. I mean, like, you describe it beautifully, and, like, things are fun, but... It just felt like a bit of a... It felt like a bit of a masturbatory exercise of, like... But I guess maybe that's the point where it's, like, this is so much excess that, like, literally you don't even want to read it. Yeah, and I also wonder, so in my in my research about Oscar Wilde's trials that will come a little later, oh I gosh. did learn that this book was originally published in like a magazine of sorts or like kind of like a literary journal. Was it like serialized or the whole damn I think, book? I don't remember because I didn't it take It had to have been that. serialized, I right? think it might have been serialized. But, well, the thing is, is when they were turning it into a book or eventually or whatever – um, he expanded like Dorian Gray's character to flesh it out more. So I think initially he's still not it much wasn't, of a character. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering if like the second half of the book was really as like originally as there as it was. So maybe mm. Oscar Wilde was like adding some shit in to. Which like Dorian to me is not as in- like I would have preferred like the whole book be about Lord Henry Same. and maybe even given up some of the occult stuff. Or, like, it could have been, like, Lord Hen- – not that I'm, like, saying that I, I could plot a book better than Oscar Wilde. Like, no. that seems a little <laughs> No, crazy. but, like, if there was, but, like, if Lord Henry was, like – so when Basil comes and he's, like, I want to know why, like, so many people leave the room when you come in. Like, maybe Lord Henry is, like, suspicious of Dorian. So, like, all that stuff is still going on, but, like, mm. Lord Henry is, like, still being very fun but also suspicious. Like, I think I would have maybe been more interested in that. Than also just Dorian though, being like, ooh, yes, I'm very, I'm very evil. <laughs> also, like Dorian, Dorian is boring, like to follow. Like it's like he doesn't really do much. Like yeah, he just he's like a pouty little bitch. Yeah, he just like whines about stuff and like has anxiety. Yeah, and then he gets really excited by the fact that he's like ruining his soul, but no one knows because it's not reflected on his actual face. I mean, I just am a little bit like. Nobody is suspicious that he still looks 20 <laughs> and, he's, and he's 45. <laughs> They're like, ooh, he must just have a really good skincare regimen. Like he definitely uses that, like, Estee Lauder yellow stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I agree, though. Like, if you're going to do a YouTube series, like, definitely do it about Lord Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's way more fun. Yeah, he's way more fun. One thing I did like is that part of the beginning of Dorian's corruption is Lord Henry giving him that book. Yeah. And he gets, like, obsessed with it. And in the 18th and 19th century, a lot of novels show 
like the fear of women reading too many novels. Like, do you mm. remember that was like a big point of like Camilla, and it's also yeah. addressed in like a lot of Austen novels where there's just so much anxiety over women, and it's even in um, it's in the importance of being earnest too. Like Cecily and Gwendolyn both read a lot of novels. And it's kind of making fun of the idea that, like, novels can corrupt women easily and, like, give them just ideas. And so I liked, yeah, I liked that this book was, like, about how, like, men can be corrupted by novels, too. But I think, like, Oscar Wilde is also poking fun at that, at the idea of, like, Dorian is not, like, hmm, I wrote this actually in a better way. Um, <clears throat> oh, that it's, like, kind of about the folly of being too serious about art. Mm. Because Lord Henry gives him that book, and he's like, oh, did you like it? And he's like, I didn't like it. I'm fascinated by it. And it ends up kind of ruining his life. And then also being too serious about that painting has, like, serious implications for his life, whereas Lord Henry is able to just kind of look at art and enjoy it, and it doesn't have any implications on, like, who he is as a person. Well, and I think there are, like, a bunch of things that sort of are, like, claimed to be the culprit of, like, the ruination of Dorian. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, Lord Henry corrupted him. The book corrupted him. Mm-hmm. Dorian's beauty, like, is the yeah. reason that he's all messed up. Or, like, I mean, there's, like, sort of all of these things that yeah. sort of are supposedly making an excuse for how he is. But I'm just, like, I don't know that that's true. Well, and the only reason you would think in the beginning that he's in any way a good person is because Basil says he is, and Basil's clearly in love with him. And clearly like, doesn't wrong. View, yeah, he doesn't view him in a real way at all. Like, I think Dorian was bad, a bad seed from the outset. I mean, if he wasn't evil, he was at the very least very boring and uninteresting. Well, and like, I just think a little bit bratty and like a bit of a he's bad very friend. Much of a brat. And like, a terrible friend. Like, he was a bad friend already to Basil, so, like, yeah. you know, I just don't... Being a bad friend is a pretty, you know... It's a sign of character. Yeah. If, you, if you're oh, a bad sure. friend, you're a bad person. Yes. <laughs> I wrote, um, this book has no women in it and doesn't speak terribly well of them. Yeah, true. But it is oddly feminist for a while to show how easily... Um, men get corrupted and not use like a femme, a femme fatale character to do the corrupting. It's like men corrupt each other or art corrupts people, but it's not like there are no women doing any of the corrupting. If anything, like Dorian is ruining women's lives. Like he, Sybil Vane kills herself because of Dorian. And men's lives. Yeah. Like who like, I I think, I mean, I think we're supposed to believe that like potentially they were lovers, right? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, but, yeah, and I think, well, there's one female character. There's the Duchess. Oh, yeah. She's fun. Loved her. And also Lady Nor- Norborough. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like, love them both. I it's loved so any character fun. that Lord Henry could talk to and just be snappy with. Very fun. Yeah. that Those were my favorite parts, really, of these section, or of this section because yeah, it was fun. And more like the first section. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, like, Lord Henry doesn't take seriously what he says, so it's almost yeah. like... Oscar Wilde is offering him up as the better leader, even though he's getting a divorce. And, I know, I which was so I was sad. so sad. We were like, they have no. clearly the best marriage ever. <laughs> they just talk bad about each other and then love each other and whatever. No. Also, Dorian become. There's that scene where he's looking at all his paintings, 
mm-hmm. and he sees himself in all of the paintings, and it's kind of like how he saw um, the character. Like, he saw Sybil for only the characters that she was playing. Right. Like, he has this weird need to see art in people as opposed to just being a fucking person. Yeah, and I... The other, well, the one detail that I liked was that that book that he got obsessed with, he ordered it in every color so it would suit his mood. I'm like, yeah, if I'm rich, that's what Diva. I'm going to do. Like, <laughs> that's like something that, like, Jennifer Lopez would do. <laughs> Speaking of, like, she looks so good. She does. Like, she looks awesome. I feel like she, she's actually kind of nice. Like, if, in the Jenny early aughts, in the early aughts, I would not have said that. Like, I think she was, she was a real... She was focused on her career and not about to suffer a fool. But now I think, like, she's had some kids and she's got, you know, a sense of humor. And, I like, I remember hearing something about how she was like, I know some people, like, think I'm a diva, but I'm also, like, never late. Yeah. And it's basically just, like, don't waste my time. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. I mean, A-Rod is making her really happy. Also, too, I think... Um, if men are like that, people are like, oh, yeah, they're just, like, really serious about their craft. Right. Whereas, like, with women do it, they're like, wow, she's, like, really hard to work with. <laughs> so. She wasn't apologizing to me when I made a mistake. Sue. <laughs> she's a bitch. Yeah. I just will never forget, when I think about Jennifer Lopez, I will never forget that fucking music video that she did when she was engaged to Ben Affleck where they're on a boat together and he's like rubbing suntan lotion on her and it was just the most absurd thing I'd ever seen. I have not seen that. I should check that out though. I mean, Benefer was a moment in, a, yeah. in in our cultural consciousness. Poor Ben Affleck. Like why? why I don't think you be poor good? Ben Affleck. Well, I, mean, I think I guess, he's a scumbag. No, he is a scumbag, but it's like why like can't my vision yeah. of Ben Affleck you know be what? true? The only art that he made that was good Goodwill Hunting. Well, that and but like he had his children. (laughs) He had the town, and he also made Argo, and that was all while he was happily married to Jennifer Garner. And now he's making some bullshit movies, and it's because he doesn't have like Jenny Batman versus Superman. Is he in that? Yeah. Okay. Literal trash. (laughs) That was so bad. But Argo is such a good movie. Argo is stressful, but oh my gosh, yes. And every time you see it. There's another movie I've seen. <laughs> I've also seen The Town. Okay. And I've also seen Goodwill Hunting. So that's another Great. three. Great. So another Robin Williams movie. <laughs> You've seen his whole canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I have Aladdin. <laughs> um, oh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's a romantic comedy that I like. Yes. Does that it's count? kind of it's like a sneaky romantic comedy because it's like a hipster romantic. Comedy. Yeah. Well, because it also it exposes the trouble of like the manic pixie dream girl Mm -hmm. or like which is kind of like the thinking man's (laughs) pinup right well and he's like too much of a romantic yeah he totally idolizes Zoe Deschanel and it kind of shows you that you're not supposed to do that you should just yeah and then he's gonna go right back into it with Lila Garrity (laughs) oh I forgot that that's who it was (laughs) yeah um I have here, I'm bummed that Harry got divorced. As Uh, always, we give men too much credit. (laughs) I know. That was such a disappointment. I mean, frankly, all men are disappointing these days in our our media climate. 
Jesus Christ. You know, the only man that's not disappointing me these days is Brendan. Because you know what? Last <laughs> night, <laughs> last night he called me. I had just gone to Soul Cycle, which mostly I just want credit for working out ever. <laughs> but um, I was walking home and he called me and he was like, I'm just really upset because one of my clients is really screwing over one of my contractors and like not offering her a full time position until after she has her kid. Like, they basically told him, like, oh, yeah, we want to hire her full-time, but we don't want to offer her maternity leave. So, like, we're going to, like, not give her a full-time position and just keep her as a contractor till post-birth. And Brendan's like, that is so fucked. That's so shitty. Good for Brendan. I know. So, Brendan, like, literally told her. I mean, there's nothing he can do to, like, he can't get her hired full-time. But he was like, you take the longest maternity leave you want, and then we're going to come back and we're going to raise your price. Nice. make up that money. Good for Brendan. That men is how you be an ally for women. Like, I'm not asking for men to not take a promotion or to, like, apologize for being a dude. I'm just asking for them to do something as Brendan did. Just to recognize that women get fucked and that it's different for women. And, like, in all avenues of our lives, it's harder to be a woman than it is yes. to be a man. And we're constantly – we're punished for having kids and we're punished for not having kids. Yes. Because – Society wants you to have a child, but then you are an undesirable employee. Well, right. And if you have a kid, it's like you really can't win because if you come into the workplace <clears throat> um, and you like are trying to pump breast milk, you have Trump calling you disgusting. Yeah. And, and then if you then like they provide take, you a place, which is the bathroom, <laughs> right? which is gross. <laughs> yeah. Or so you have that option or you could stay home and then not get paid for months. Right. With like, or you could take your three week maternity leave. And right. I mean, it's just like, it's trash. Well, and then, so I was listening to this great podcast. Katie Kirk did a crossover episode with this um, podcast called like The Longest Shortest Time. Yes, I love it's that parent- podcast. Yeah, it's a parenting podcast. Which I listen to. And they did it's like. about a- birth too. Well, yeah, they did a whole series, I guess, about women in the workplace. I just listened to the one that was on Katie Couric's podcast. But it was basically talking about, too, how a lot of women, you know, they're trying to make motherhood and the Mm -hmm. workplace work. And so sometimes it's a matter of, like, oh, I need to duck out a little early to pick up my kids or whatever. And they're, like, their bosses, they feel like their bosses are making note of that or, oh, she's Mm -hmm. not staying late or you're being punished for that. But men get a gold freaking star for doing that because it's – Oh, isn't he such a great dad? He's actually putting work second. Whereas women are expected to, like, do both equally well. And it also talked about this woman, the first female governor of Massachusetts who had, or maybe she wasn't the first female governor of Massachusetts, but she was the first governor to have a child in office. Okay. And when she started running, like, she ran for her first office when she was 25, which made me feel like a slacker because I'm 25. But I was like, you go, girl. And you know, everyone maybe you should start running for office. Maybe, maybe that's what we should maybe do. Maybe I should. So I would love I to would run for office. You. Thank you. I would friggin' like run your campaign like Ooh. so hard. Cool. I bet our friends would work on our my campaign. I bet they would too. Like we would be canvassing neighborhoods Ugh, and like yes. get Matt and Nora involved with Bard. Oh my god, Bard. Bard would just like soften Could Bard have a t shirt um, oh. Audrey for president, everybody. Oh, presidents, maybe. I'm not old <laughs> enough to be president yet. Okay. Well you have to be what, what do you want to be if you're well, gonna you run for do start you small. Be? I think I mean, I think any office is worthwhile just because I mean, especially local offices where you make a I feel like people forget about those yeah. their local politicians all the time and that's where a lot of stuff that really affects you happens yeah but just in general like gender parity in any like 
any workspace is so important because the only way that things are going to get better for women if are if women are part of the conversation. Women are not part of the conversation, however, in the picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> Audrey, 20, whatever that year. <laughs> but then when I would have to be 35. Just, uh, <laughs> in 10 years. <laughs> okay, so what election would that be? So 16 plus 4 is, t- okay, whatever. It <laughs> doesn't matter. We don't need to do this. <laughs> we can figure that out later. <laughs> I'm gonna like start making a stickers and places. None of us, neither of us, did a lot of math because we're both English majors. No, yeah, I mean it's just not not my strong suit. I mean, it is what it is. I think 2028. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Audrey for president 2028. (laughs) Is that an election year? But before then, if I was in another office, I would have to decide like where if I wanted to be in the New York legislature or if I wanted to be in like Maryland or I don't know wherever you are though I would vote for you thank you (laughs) I can be I can run for DA Ooh, yes perfect perfect um speaking of the victimized uh uh, poor Jim Vane I know (laughs) like again poor Jim Vane I know my favorite character also so okay so Dorian tricks him into not thinking it's him. Yeah. And th- so I wrote, poor Jim Vane. They literally shoot him. And then it's like, oh, well, dumb idiot was in the way. I know. Harry's just like, whatever. Like, Let's he's, go home. Whatever. He's poor. <laughs> like, who cares? We shot. It was obviously an accident. <laughs> this is just manslaughter. You don't even go to court for it. Don't worry. It was. <laughs> this is a hunting accident. It's NBD. We're going to go smoke some cigarettes and <laughs> have a brandy. Dick Cheney style. Yeah, I mean, good Lord. <laughs> That's, I couldn't believe that, that it was like, it moved on so quickly. They were like, oh, we shot some man. Oh, well. That's fine. Oh, well, we'll put him in the barn because we don't <laughs> want him bringing a curse on other people's homes. <laughs> they were like, who did we shoot? Oh, just that one? All right. Well, he was oh, in the way. Just a poor. Who cares? <laughs> horrible. Uh, I also have here that the murder of Basil would make a great My Favorite Murder episode. Can you imagine? I know. And it would also um, satisfy Karen's desire to move the podcast more into the occult. I know. (laughs) Can you imagine if he's like, so Basil, what's his name? Hallworth? Hallward? Hallward something. Basil um, was a painter. (laughs) (laughs) And he painted this painting of this man that he was kind of in love with and had given him the painting and they had a bit of a falling out in the recent years because Dorian's a dick yeah because Dorian was like becoming very notorious in their mm-hmm. circle and people well, and would basically leave the room. also because Dorian just ditched him right totally um hanging out with his other friend Lord Henry <laughs> and so Basil goes over to his friend's house one night and because he's concerned because he's heard all these rumors yeah and he just wants to confront his friend find out what's going on see if there's something wrong and he ends up showing him this painting and the painting is horrible and his friend basically dorian (laughs) can't take it he can't take that somebody's seen his true soul and so he stabs him to death and then just like gets his friend alan campbell over who was obviously his lover yes blackmails him and has him like get rid of the body 
And But that night, Basil was supposed to be going to Paris, so everybody just assumes that he got on the train and he left. And so nobody's looking for him for a long time. And they just assume he went to San Francisco, yeah. the land of lost souls. Yeah, it's like 1895. Nobody's really... There's no real way of, like, getting worried about him. You can't find my iPhone, though. Right. It's just, you know, he's... Everyone just assumes everything's fine. Also, he's an artist. You know, they, they're flighty. Yeah, and, you know, Dorian's, meanwhile, living life normally. Alan Campbell also, kills himself. Okay, but a question. Yeah. So, like, chemistry people, let me know. <laughs> Can you really just make a body disappear with a few chemicals? No. Like, basically, like, he, Alan Campbell goes upstairs and Dorian <laughs> comes back and it's like, poof. No body, no blood, no nothing. Like, I think Oscar Wilde maybe didn't know anything about science. <laughs> he's a bit of he's a bit and, of an us. And I mean, well, it, this is the same book that has a painting change, but maybe that was all in Dorian's mind. But based on Basil's reaction, I don't wasn't. think so. And also, when he stabs the painting, he dies. Right, and which has I, the knife in his own heart, which right, I loved. Right, which I think like. Like, the question of, like, who is Dorian's real self? Like, the yeah. real soul is in the painting, and so when he stabs yeah. the painting, yeah, yeah, yeah. it actually kills him, which makes sense. Um, well, cause, yeah, because I have here that Dorian emulates the novel, and then the painting emulates him. Yeah. Which almost, ha- it has, like, a suggestion of maybe Oscar Wilde's feelings about the superiority of the novel as an art form, maybe? Mm. Um because Ooh. like maybe a painting is always just a reflection of the artist or of like what we see in it but you can actually influence behavior with a novel even though i don't think oscar wilde thinks that based on his preface which i have notes about when we get to his trial mm-hmm. because he actually that was not the preface was not a part of the original publication okay. of the picture of dorian gray he basically um the book became so salacious and like so infamous when it first came out because everyone was like I think he's talking about gay people or like (laughs) (laughs) I think he's insinuating that these men are having sex Um, that he yeah and I mean so of course everyone's fucking reading it and then <laughs> to be like, I've got to know, but nobody read it. Um, and then Dorian or Dorian, um, Oscar Wilde added the preface, basically being like, there's no such thing as a moral or immoral book. Fuck all of you. They're just well written. It's or poorly written. This one happens to be well written. It does. <laughs> I love the part where um, Dorian's at that bar, I think. Mm hmm. Or like maybe he's a, is it he's is he in the opium den? I don't know. But like someone comes and talks to him and he says, "Don't talk to me." Like <laughs> I saw that tweet. I loved it so much. It's like, "Don't talk to me." Like, I'll what do you want? Him. Money? Oh. Take it. <laughs> Never speak to me again. I loved it. I was like, that's exactly how I feel anytime anyone talks to me in the bar. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I also I think it was in the opium den too that he says to somebody. The only pity was one had to pay so often for a single fault. And I said, coming from a guy who is literally getting away with murder right now. I know. <laughs> I didn't I also like didn't really understand his motive to kill him. Like I guess no. like like I guess like my question is like when Dorian took him to see the painting, was mm-hmm. he gonna kill him? Like I don't know. Well, because he's like, I'll show you a painting. Like, I think... Do you want to see my soul? Dorian's kind of weird 
as you know many murderers are where like yeah. at once they are terrified of getting caught but also want credit yeah because he is constantly bringing it up he's like what if i murdered basil yeah and henry's like obviously you didn't <laughs> <laughs> well i think too he's like a wannabe gothic hero right and so gothic heroes tend to be the most dramatic right he is real hashtag mysteries of udolpho who is that horrible man I just called him Voldemort. I think <laughs> like his name started with a V, yeah. like Valermo or something. Uh, yeah, and he was. We were like vom.com on him all the Vom. time. He was always creeping around in the bushes, and well, he basically was a stalker. I'm like, this would not be cute in yeah. 2017. No. no. Um, I also have here. Why does Dorian think that telling Alan he murdered Basil would make him more inclined to help? Well, because, because he, he was like, it was a suicide. And then Alan's like, I don't want to help you at all. And he was like, it was a murder. It's like, I feel like that would make him so much less likely to help you. I guess he was If just... someone was like, it's a suicide, I don't, like, especially in the 1890s, maybe the concern is, like, I don't want people to think he committed suicide because then he can't be buried in the church. Then, like, people will, like, it'll be a whole thing. Right. So help me... Like, cover it up. Cover it up and make it maybe look like an accidental death or something like that. I would understand. Like, I feel like that would be your avenue. But then for him to then be like, it was a murder. <laughs> like, no, now I'm going to the police. <laughs> I guess. And Alan's like, it's not my place to report you, but I don't want to help. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, well, because Dorian's got all that dirt on him. I know. They were doing gross stuff together, probably. They probably killed a prostitute together. Probably. Which, in the 1890s, would the police have cared about that? No. No, definitely not. I mean, that's, like, <laughs> par for the course, so. it's what we all do here, so. Like, that's, like, straight-up Joffrey style, which, like, <laughs> Dorian Gray is a bit of a Joffrey. He is a Joffrey. Ew. Um, all right, so. Probably looks like Joffrey, too. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would picture. Yeah. Um, I, but, go ahead. I mean, I think that the book also is, like, very concerned with this idea of like happiness versus pleasure because um, Dorian basically is like I've like pursued pleasure throughout my life like mm-hmm. decadence and like yeah you know getting books in all of your favorite colors and like <laughs> eating bougie stuff and like mm-hmm. f- the nicest of furs and like yeah. sex with everybody yeah but like he's definitely not happy no whereas Lord Henry I think is actually pretty happy like yeah. he's getting divorced but like he also has a lot of friends and, yeah. like, invests time with people. Mm-hmm. And he has a good time. He's, like, the heckler in the back of the room that everyone hates or likes. Which we like. Like. Um, also, guys, to follow up um, on Ed Westwick, which we mentioned last week, he has now been accused by another woman. Yeah. So. Bummer. Literal heartbreak to me. Yeah. Horrible. Come on. Is no one safe? Just, like, don't do that to people. Just be normal. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. My um, my sister and I were at the mall this weekend, and we, like, she decided she wanted to, like, do a picture with Santa, which I'm like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> we did it with my dad, I too. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> it was like, I didn't even like doing that when I was a little kid. I cried every year. If there had been a line, I would have said no. But okay. instead, there was no line, and we paid $30 to do this. Um, but so we saw, like... I feel like she can't be mad at you for making you guys go see the Orient 
Murder on the Orient Express now. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but so we, we sat on either side of Santa, and he said to me, he was like, would it be okay if I put my arm around you? I'm like, thank you, Santa, yeah. for asking consent. my consent. Yes, consent. you may. Yes. Anyway, I just was really happy that that Santa had yeah. clearly got the memo mm-hmm. of what's up. Well, and what's interesting, too, is I read an article um, that was it was written by a guy, and he was like basically like, this is why this culture exists. It's because we have been trained to think, um, especially in movies, like particularly that came out in the 80s and stuff, that if a woman is saying no, like she really does want you, it's just like she can't, you know, she has to say no first. She has to be goalie. Yeah, she's got to be, yeah. And so it's like it's your job to just grab her and kiss her. And even, like, in New Girl, they use that as an example where it's, like, there's nothing less sexy than, like, a guy asking if he can kiss you. Right. But it's also, like, just read the fucking room. But and if you can't... But also, like... It's, con- like, consent is sexy, guys. Exactly. Because you know what's not sexy? A trial. You know what's not sexy? Being accused of a, being a sex offender. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I looked up at the sex offenders in my area the other day. Are there a lot? I mean, more than I would like. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I also just wish they had, like, a bit... Like, I wish it didn't just show, like, what the charges were. Like, I want more of, like, a summary, like, a Wikipedia of, like, what this deal is. So, I don't know. But, like, the one of the most dangerous ones, though, is a woman. Ew. I know. Which, like... I don't know. Nobody's safe. Yeah. What did you give this book on Goodreads? Five. Okay. I was going to give it a five, and then I was surprised. So I read this book before, and so it's already in my Goodreads, and I was surprised to see oh, the I last didn't... time I rated it, 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 I rated it a four. Oh. So I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I gave it a five. I mean, I didn't re-rate it again after I read it this time. I just updated I, I my finished date because mm. I want it to go. I want it to, to your reading challenge. Yes. I should do that, I want too. to be credited. I'm really far behind on it. Yeah. But. I like. I'm like. I'm gonna read fifty books this year. I'm like, how? That's like literally almost a book a week. Which is what we're doing now. Well, no, we're reading a book every three weeks. Yeah. Or two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's just a book a week. <laughs> we're reading a hundred pages a week, which is actually a lot. Yeah. Which I was For thinking people about. Who, it. You know, like work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I feel like I must have done that because I don't like the ending as, or like the second half as much. But mm. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and update it to a five out of five because I mean, maybe I was just feeling a little persnickety that day. I mean, you know, re- I respect you having you know your own rating. If you want <laughs> I mean, to give I it definitely, a four out of five, that's fine. I mean, if you're gonna ask me. If it's my favorite thing Oscar Wilde has written, it's not. The Importance of Being Earnest is, because it's the funniest fucking play ever written. I've never read that. Oh, it's so damn good. I honestly think this is the only thing I've read. Oh, no, that's not true. In fourth grade, this is kind of weird, because... Fourth grade. Okay, in fourth grade, my... Wilde is not typically... My fourth grade teacher gave me a book of Oscar Wilde short stories. I don't know if that was... (laughs) And, like, they were really really effed up <laughs> I mean, like, like I remember my mom reading it aloud to me like because like we would like read books to like she right. read, read to me every night or whatever which like maybe I was a little old for that maybe not though yeah. but um there was one about like a bird like getting its heart punctured on a thorn which I was just like pretty bummed out about <laughs> anyway Looking looking back now I'm like that was not appropriate for me maybe not but also thank you for you know, thinking I was up to the challenge. Yeah, sure. 
Mr. Ito. <laughs> All right. So now that we've wrapped up, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the picture of Dorian Gray? Um, my only other thing was um, just acknowledging the fun feminist duchess. Yes. But loved her. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's pretty much it. Okay. But let's yeah, let's hear about that trial. There are actually that trial, two, though. two trials. Oh, shit. Okay. So. Hmm. Sit back and relax. <laughs> the two, I have the two trials of Oscar Wilde. Um, so in February of 1895, the Marcus, Marquess? M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. Marcus. of Queensbury left his calling card at Wilde's club accusing him of being a sodomite. <gasps> Wilde was, in fact, having an affair with the Marquess's son, oh, Lord Alfred Douglas. Shit. Um, and the reason that this pissed off the Marquess was because um, Lord Alfred Douglas was, like, 16 years younger than Oscar Wilde. Was he over 18? I think he was legal. Okay. I mean, legal in our sense, but, um, yeah, Oscar Wilde was a lot older. Okay. Okay, so Wilde, against the advice of his friends, but with the advice of Alfred Douglas, sued for libel, which was not a great move because it basically forced the Marquess to prove his claims because the only way... Is the Marquess... I feel like that's a woman. No. No? It's a man. I feel like with the ESS, it makes it feel very feminine. I know. But, I mean, like, frankly, like, all aristocracy is pretty feminine. Like, there's not really, like, a manly man in the British aristocracy, I don't think. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Especially during this time. Long wigs, anyway. Where, like, dandyism was, like, very much a thing. Okay. So, the Marcus had to prove that his claims were true and that it was of public benefit to have declared them openly. And so, because in order... So, he had to prove that in order not to get accused of libel. And so, based... And, like... So Wilde had to prove that they were not true in order to not be, to prove that he had committed libel. Okay. Um, and so salacious details of Wilde's private life began appearing in the press. This was all going on during the importance of being Ernest's run. So it was arguably like the height of Wilde's fame. And during the trial, um, I have here quoted from the Wikipedia article, Wilde won most of the laughs from the court. <laughs> While Carson, who was the defense attorney defending the Marquess, um, won most of the legal points. Oh, (laughs) okay. And um, he was asked about, um, Wilde was asked about Dorian Gray and, um, and the relationship between, oh, okay. So Wilde was asked about the picture of Dorian Gray and the relationships between men in the novel. Basically, Carson was trying to prove, like, see how you depict relationships between men in, no- like, novels? Like, isn't this, your like, your life, too? And so that's how Dorian Gray, like, ends up coming up sometimes in when people talk about yeah. Wilde and his trial because it was used, basically, as evidence against him. But isn't that overt? <clears throat> I mean, I would say, like, the most, like, the out. Al- Is the guy Alfred? No. That's, no. Now that's, what's Basil. No, no, no. The, well, there's Alan? that. Alan, yeah, like I think that's like the one that I would say like is the most obvious. I think like with Basil, it's like not clear that it's sexual. I right. guess like it seems like it's more. It's of, It's very like, undertones. Yeah, but it's like I don't think him and Lord Henry have a thing. No. Um. I also have. 
In his opening speech for the defense, Carson announced that he had located several male prostitutes who were willing to testify that they had had sex with Wilde, and he also scrounged up a lot of, like, younger men that Wilde had had relationships with, and so Wilde dropped his suit. Okay. However, um, and so that was Wilde versus Queensbury. Okay. And then, however, after Wilde left court, a warrant was issued for his arrest. And the uh, charges were sodomy and gross indecency. Wilde pled not guilty <laughs> and urged his lover, Alfred Douglas, to leave London because he was guilty. Um, the trial originally resulted in a hung jury, but the final trial um, was presided over by Mr. Justice Willis, and Wilde was for oh, was found guilty and sentenced to two years hard labor. And I have a couple notes. I have, I bet he would be horrible at hard labor. Exactly, like literally the least <laughs> he's suited. The, he's the bougiest man. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I have here a couple notes about this whole process in general. Is um, the preface was added after harsh criticism of the novel. Um, which I said, which I love. He's basically like, fuck you, there's no such thing as a moral book. Um, my under- Okay, so, and this is also important to note. So my understanding of this case, when I first learned about it, was that men having relationships with other men was not uncommon. It was kind of an open secret, especially in the upper echelons of a s- society. It was kind mm-hmm. of like, I mean, in ancient Greece and Rome, right, right, right. people had man lovers. It was viewed as a more, like, pure form of love. Yeah, because we don't... Romance we, we with don't women, women was really just for, like, having Kids. babies and... Well, because, I mean, women uniting are, You know, they're not intellectually stimulating. Right, whereas They're not men, educated because we're not allowed right. to read. And so that kind of explains why Wilde was so, like kind of it almost seems like he was cocky during the whole thing i mean part of it is his personality but also just the idea that he's being accused of this i think to him was a little bit ridiculous because he was by no means the only man that was doing this it was pretty pretty common Mm -hmm. and it was also before the idea of identifying as preferring a certain gender romantically was really a thing right like there were like i think they had the word homosexual at the time but there was no like there was no concept of being gay, like, even right. if you were having homosexual sex. Um, and then Wilde was released in, from prison after two years, but he died in 1990. And so, like... 1890. 18, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he, he died, died two years, two years before. before I was born. He lived a long time. Um, he died in 1890. Probably because the labor Or No, 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 I'm sorry. He died in 1900. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Because he was arrested in, like, 1895. So okay. basically, he died like two years after he got out of prison. Uh, after his hard laboring, which yeah. he could not handle. Yeah, because he did not do well there. He wrote like some really emo poetry <laughs> and <laughs> was like very bummed out. Because um, I mean, like just the idea of who he was before that, he was just like this like clever, cool. He was like Lord Henry. Yeah, like wore awesome fucking clothes all the time and. Then he had to, like, do hard labor and all this shit. Didn't suit him. Which, like, maybe if you're choosing um, lovers, don't go for ones who are 16 years younger than you. And this applies to men today. (laughs) Including a man who's currently running for the fucking U.S. Senate. So, (sighs) that piece of shit. The only thing, one of the things that really heartens, that gives me, like, hope about that is, like, talk, it is talking to certain men about that, like... 
men of an older generation. Not that I would expect them to be like, what's the big deal? But the fact that they're some of them. Well, I mean, I think sometimes there's a there's an impetus to be like, she's lying. Men aren't really like that. Um, Or just like the idea of, oh, like, you know, she just can't take a joke or, you know, she's overreacting, whatever. She misinterpreted. Yeah. But I think like like my dad's reaction and like my uncle's reaction to a lot of these stories coming out have been like, guys, a fucking sicko. Yeah. Like, and no matter, like, what the tier of it is, and not that I was, like, surprised that they would condemn a man for dating a 14-year-old girl, but just, like, like the fact that I think people are believing women so much more now. Yeah, like, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I believe the women. Joe's like, hey. Holla. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Thank you. It's about damn time. Yeah. Maybe call your friend Sean Hannity and tell him to, <laughs> first of all, go fuck himself. And then after that. <laughs> Political corner. Yeah. Also, I love, I fucking love that people have been breaking their Keurigs. I know. Because joke's on you. Keurig already got their money, you fucking idiot. Like. I know. Oh, my God. And also, it's just like, really? Like, is that the corner? Like, you would rather a Democrat, like, you would rather elect a fucking pedophile than a Democrat. An Alabama Democrat. So he's like a Northern Republican. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that was essentially what this election was, is like, we would rather elect a sexual offender than a woman. Yeah. So. I mean, so cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's a little more complicated than that with Hillary Clinton. I know. But. But I, I get what you mean. <laughs> I know. I but in know. this case, in Alabama, no. Like, Alabama, if you're listening, please don't vote for this horrible man. Yeah, I don't know. We don't see state by state, so we don't know if we have any Alabama listeners. No. But I doubt that we do. But if we do. I doubt that we do, too. Although we have a, a listener in France. Yeah. Whoever which, you are. Bonjour. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's about... And, like, Jemabelle Audrey is, like, really all I've got for you. But we would love to know who you are. I actually speak quite a bit of French, so tweet at me, and I will reply in French. Je suis désolée. That's another one I've got. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, I thought that was I'm sad. No, it means I'm sorry. Oh, really? Okay, so I've just misunderstood a scene (laughs) in The Devil Wears Prada, then. Have you seen The Devil Wears Prada? Yes. Okay, good. Is that a romantic comedy? Like, I consider that, like, a woman in the workplace movie. Which I watch differently now as a person who's 25 and not 18. Like, I don't think Andy deserved that job at all. She didn't know shit about runway. Like, you couldn't have done a quick Google search? Yeah. Well, and I also think, too, like, her friends and boyfriend are horribly unsupportive of her career. They're trash people. Yeah. Which, I read the book, and they're a little bit different. Like, The Friend, I I think that the, it would have been a little less Hollywood, especially for when that movie came out. But The Friend in the book is like, it's not normal for if you've been to, with your boyfriend for as long as you have. Like, I think you should play around if you want to. Instead of being like, the Andy I know. Like, is it skulking <laughs> around? Like, slut shames her friend, who's obviously going through a very confusing time. She sleeps with the mentalist. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us among, like, Andy's finest moment of, I'm not your baby. Yeah, She's got that badass leather outfit. Yes. And, like, her eyes are all, like, eyelinered up. Yeah. It's her redeemable moment. That movie makes me want to get bangs again. Yeah. 
when I don't have bangs and I watch it, and I'm like, fuck, I need some bangs. Yeah. I, I need a good haircut, <laughs> to be honest right now. My grays are showing. Oh, God. 25 and full of gray. <laughs> and on that note. Not Dorian Gray. We have exciting news, though. Our book for next time will be Manhattan Beach by Jennifer by Egan. Jennifer Egan, and we will be joined by, by the illustrious, the 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 irreplaceable <laughs> Tyler Cole Lamina. Yes. So look forward to that. Um, we're gonna be figuring out two microphones and having a good time. <laughs> or his face is just gonna be right in between <laughs> us, really close. So, anyway, look out, guys. Yeah, so we're having a guest next week for the 10th episode yes. of the Queen Bee Book Club. I know. So we're, exciting. We're, like, you know, we've, we've read how many books now? Four? Four. No, five. Wait. We So, Bell no. Jar, um, Fates and Furies, Turn of the Screw, Dorian Gray. Four. four. Yeah. Which is, you know what, that's pretty good. That's great. Yeah. We're really coming along. Yeah, so stay tuned for book five and love us. And As always, rate, review, subscribe. I did not check if we have extra reviews. Um, I checked the other day and we had no new reviews. Guys, so come, come on! on. <laughs> love us. God, please. Uh, and really, for real though, um, the reason that we ask you to do that is not just because like we want an ego boost, which we do, but it also, I had a friend ask me recently, like, how do people who don't actually know you find your podcast? It's and because of this. It's, yeah. So in order for us to be kind of shown in searches or maybe even like dream scenario beyond the main iTunes page of like new and noteworthy. Um, or even just like in the list, like the top, like a hundred thousand. Yeah. They go back based on rate, like, reviews and subscriptions and ratings. So the more that we have those, the more likely it is that other people will find and enjoy our podcast. So if you're trying to sabotage us, it's working. The more likely you are (laughs) to be friends with somebody famous, us. Yes. And, like, the more likely it is that we will go on tour. Yes. Which, like, wouldn't wouldn't you love that? I was thinking about it. Like, what if you and I just decided to, like, do a show? <laughs> and it would, it would, when we don't have enough of a following at all, <laughs> it would be, like, Matt and Nora in the audience and, like, Aaron. And, like, Brendan with a huge sign. <laughs> and my cousins would come. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if maybe your aunt and uncle would drive out. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could, I could probably get them to come. Um, but other than that, no. That'd be it. That'd be it. We'd be like, yes, we need um, a 100-person theater for about <laughs> 12 people. <laughs> the tickets will be $20. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should start one of those, like, what's that, um, like, podcast thing where people have to donate money to it. <laughs> so, uh, what's it called? I forget. Oh, GoFundMe? Patreon. No, oh, Patre- Patreon Oh, account? Patreon. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just do do one of those like way too early before we have any sponsors or anything. Cool. All right. Well, bye. Bye.